Welcome everybody to episode 51 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I am sincerely grateful and thankful for every interviewee that has participated and graciously shared their journey. In addition to the podcast, there are the Football United vs Soccer City social media pages, which have been a great source of reminiscing and community interaction. So thank you to the people who continue to send items through and interact on these pages. Keith Learmonth is our interviewee in episode 51. Keith was born in 1933 and grew up in Ferry Meadow. He and his four brothers played soccer from an early age and Keith was successful as a goal scorer and generally as a player. The teams that Keith played with invariably had success and he regularly contributed to this success through his goal scoring exploits. In his junior career, he was successful with the Gwynville Soccer Club and Ferry Meadow Public School, which over a few years led to a succession of representative selections in Illawarra, New South Wales and Australian teams. After a glittering junior career that encompassed tours to Victoria and Queensland, Keith, aged 16, joined his brothers at the strong North Wollongong Soccer Football Club in 1950. And it was here that he impressed by helping North Wollongong win every trophy that year and being selected in the Illawarra representative team. In 1951, he was then snapped up by the State League Coromel Rangers after overtures from them and fellow State League teams Bowgowney and Winuna Bulleye. And over the next 10 seasons with Coromel Rangers and Coromel United, he won countless trophies with, in my opinion, the most successful Illawarra club team in our history. Played for his state and was the first person in Australian football to represent his country at junior and senior level after he played against South Africa and numerous touring club teams in the green and gold. This interview was never going to do justice to Keith and his achievements. I am sincerely grateful to have recorded little parts of his memories from over 60 plus years ago and I thank Keith for the opportunity to record his thoughts and allowing me to copy some pictures from his archive. Please note at the end of the interview with Keith I have added two brief interviews with Barry Salisbury and Peter Glass who give their insights and thoughts on Keith as a player. Please enjoy this interview. Welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast and I'm here with a very, very special guest in Keith Learmonth. Keith, welcome and I appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. You were born in 1933. That's right. Um, where did you grow up and um, what were your first memories of football or soccer? I, I, I was uh, born in uh, Ferry Meadow and uh, with my brothers playing football out there at, uh, in North Wollongong. And that's where I've come associated with the game in uh, North Wollongong. But I played junior football with Winville. Yep. And was that at Wiseman Park? Wiseman's Park, yeah. And um, running alongside um, playing with Gwynville, um, 
did you play at uh, Ferry Meadow Public School as well? Yeah, I was at Ferry Meadow Public School and uh, I played with the team out there. And and Gwynville, um, a, a club that's now not around, um, what colours uh, did they play in? I think it was green and uh, probably green and gold, I think. Okay. Mm. Okay, and... And for yourself, was that your first organised game of, of football, was with Gwynville? Uh, well, I played with the PSA uh, uh, state side and that, that was at uh, Ferry Meadow. And, okay, uh, because that um, <coughs> uh, 1945 uh, Ferry Meadow side uh, won the Illawarra Soccer School Premiership. That's right, yeah. And um, you played with uh, the likes of Royce Redden and, and Keith Newby. That's right, um, yes. And so, did you uh, like the the competition of soccer straight away and and playing in that striker position? Oh yes, I liked it right from the start. Yeah. And and what did you enjoy about the sport the most? Oh, I was a lot of activity and it was good comradeship, and that we enjoyed our games for Saturday every Saturday. And and for the school um, for Ferry Meadow. Um, you played during the week uh, in school time. Uh, do you recall Ferry Meadows' colours um, back then? No, I can't recall them now. <laughs> <laughs> you then, um, like you said, uh, you were playing school sport with Ferry Meadow. Yes. You were playing with Gwynville. Yes. But uh, early on as well, you then uh, made the uh, Illawarra representative team. Yes, I played representative football from when I started to when I retired. <laughs> <laughs> And and for yourself was was that just uh, did you have an insatiable appetite just to play the game and therefore playing it at school playing with Gwynville and playing representative was just fantastic for you. Oh yes, it was. Yes, to represent was a big thing. And and that 1945 year, even though early on in your career, um, Ferry Meadow won the 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 local school premiership, mm. but in under twelves. You won the state championship. Um, it must have been a great, great year in '45. I think it was. I think uh, it was the first time Newcastle had been beaten. Yep. And we beat them two-one in the final. And and those times there at Gwynville and in the uh, representative team, um, although there might not have been coaches, um, uh, were you getting any advice or from the manager or the coaches of those teams? And and who were they, if you can recall? We had a, uh, on odd occasions, Judy Masters came down to Ferry Meadow okay. and uh, he gave us a, a, a lot of good advice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, most of the time you were with the uh, br- your brothers and that at North Wollongong, you know. Okay. That, uh, so a lot of your, uh, I guess, learning in the game was from your brothers. That's right, yes. And and I might not have them in age order, but your, your brothers were Ron, Bob and Hilton and... What was the... Jack. And Jack. Exactly. And so um, were you learning off them in, in, in the backyard or front yard? All, all the time over in the, uh, the, the paddock over the road, uh, we played there nearly every night. <laughs> <laughs> and and what was the age difference there? Uh, b- between me and the brothers? Yes. Oh, I think they were within two or three years of each. But because they were... Th- were they bigger... Uh, or older in that sense? Oh, yeah, they're older, yes. Older. Do you think that um, helped you early on uh, get a grasp of the game and the physicality oh, of it? Oh, yes, yes, definitely, yes. And and for yourself, um, those the next year, uh, 
in 46 with your Gwynville Soccer Club. And, and did they have a, a nickname or a mascot? I can't recall. <laughs> <laughs> but you went through the 46 uh, uh, undefeated um, and, and you scored 16 out of the 60 goals. And, and you were playing with uh, the likes of Ron Richardson, Tom Rolls, John McGregor and, and Dario Borgo. Um, uh, it must have been a, a great feeling early on to be part of successful teams. No, it was, yes. And do you think that um, gave you a sort of a mindset of um, a willingness to win, um, always wanting to compete? Always, yes, yes. And, and during this period... Um, when you were growing up and, and playing in the junior levels, were you going on weekends to to watch the local soccer, the senior men play? Yes, we always did. Every Saturday we did. And and were you going mm. to watch the, the likes of Bowgowney predominantly because you're in Ferry Meadow? Mostly watch North Wollongong because that's where the brothers were. And so where did, um, for other people, and I think um, in the late 60s, uh, North Wollongong um, became defunct or disbanded, yes. um, they were they played in the colour red predominantly their shirts always red yes yep they were the reds and and what was the ground that they played at at the, at the finish they played at the, the uh, police boys club that's yep. where they finished down there on Montague Street yes but when you were growing up watching them in those sort of mid to late forties where were they uh, playing then they played at the bottom of Mount Easley there was a ground at the bottom of Mount Easley Road okay hmm. and what was that ground known as. I can't recall. <laughs> okay. So for you, um, you're then in, in under-14s. Um, you then uh, toured Victoria with the Illawarra Schools team. Um, do you recall anything from that? Because it, it must have been good that you, mm. you were playing with some of your Gwynville mm. yeah. and Ferry Meadow mm. um, teammates. So yeah. it must have been a, a great honour yeah. to, to tour for a regional team. The Victorian tour, I scored 12 out of the 15 goals. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. for yourself, um, do you think uh, some of those skills that you were, were learning were already inside you or, or do you think you developed them more as, as you went along? Oh, yeah, development as you go along, yes. Yep. And and were you predominantly a, a right or, or left footer? Or did you try and be ambidextrous and, and use both feet? I could kick with both feet. Yep. Mm. And was that something that your brothers taught you? or you Oh, yeah, taught yeah. I taught, they were taught me how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just a succession of um, uh, success in a, in a way that in, in 47, um, there was a New Zealand schoolboys team that toured Australia. Yeah. And so um, you did the, I guess, the three tiers of representation right. you yeah. You represented Illawarra against them, you represented your state against them, and then you represented yeah. your country against them. That's right, yeah. um, it must have been a, a personally a, a great feeling, and, and maybe for your family as well, that it was mm. that you could represent those three tiers of football. Oh, yes, it was, certainly was, yeah. And what do you recall of, uh, I guess, playing for your state and, and playing for your country? Um. Well, I, I think reading in the papers, uh, I was the first player to represent Australia as a junior, then as a senior. senior. <laughs> and that must have been a great honour. Yeah, that was. And when you played uh, against uh, the New Zealand schoolboys, there was some other um, Illawarra kids as well. Uh, um, 
Jid Piazza, Royden Redden and Brian Jones. So um, was it extra exhilarating that you were representing a, amongst kids or, or friends or players that you knew? Oh, yes, definitely, yeah. And that, that New Zealand um, game, do you recall anything from it? Uh, no, no, not really, no, not really. <laughs> It was a long time ago. Yeah, we won most of the games. <laughs> <laughs> and and it must be noted that you uh, captained the side as well? Yeah, that's probably true, yeah. And did you, um, apart from being a, a very good striker um, and, and scoring a lot of goals, did you um, have that sort of leadership qualities as well of being a talker or, or um, always leading by example? Oh, there was plenty of talking going on. Yep. <laughs> and what some of it um, uh, towards the opposition or um, mostly towards the own fellas okay the next um, after after playing with Gwynville and that you, you had a couple of um, years at Bergiani under 16 and, and you played it as well in the Illawarra um, under 16s um, was that because of um, there wasn't any plays in the Gwynville age group then, or, or why was that move? I'm not sure of that, but I'm, I'm not sure that I played in the Belgandy under 16s. I'm okay. not sure of that. Okay. But then um, when you did go to the senior ranks, um, it was no surprise, like you've said earlier on, that um, <clears throat> you joined your brothers at mm-hmm. North Wollongong, the Reds, and um, in the 1950 season... Um, you know, I think you were 16 at the time. Yeah, that's right. Um, probably turning 17 that year. Um, it must have been a, a great thrill to to join the brothers and also uh, put on the red the red shirt that um, you'd watched for so long. Yes, we had a particularly good year that year. We won yeah. everything. We won everything. <laughs> yeah, you won the league championship and you won the language and the ambulance cup and the ambulance cup. Yeah. Um, uh, it's all there. It's up there. Yeah. <laughs> and and at this point in time, uh, for the listeners, uh, Keith's got a, a very beautiful set of framed pictures, and and um, I can see the red shirt of, of North Wollongong. So for you, um, although you had represented um, in the junior levels, um, were you quite content in that year to just keep playing with North Wollongong and and continue on after the nineteen fifty season? Oh, at the end of the 1950 season, I had some offers from different clubs and yep. uh, I, I chose to go to Coronel. Because uh, for the people that aren't in the Illawarra or New South Wales, um, at that time, uh, North, North Wollongong were in the IDSA competition, the local competition, mm-hmm. and weren't part of the um, New South Wales mm-hmm. uh, uh, sort of state league division mm-hmm. where Coronel, Balgowney, Winuna, Bulleye mm-hmm. played. So, sure. so all three of those uh, state league teams... Uh, uh, approached you. That's right, they did. And 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 out of those offers, how did you come to the conclusion that the Coromel would be the team that you chose? Oh, we had a talk. George Wheatley, um, one of our players, and Jack Brown. Uh, we decided to go to Coromel. Yeah, fellow North Wollongong teammates. Yes, yes. Yep. Fellow mate, mates here. Yeah. And was that just a matter of you guys thought, well, this is the best fit for us, or? Well, they had a good side, you know, that Bobby Bignall and Bobby yeah. Young and these sort of fellas, and we thought that might be the best way to go. And uh, your brothers, uh, they gave you the the blessing of uh, 
moving along and, and, oh, yeah, and going up to that level. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. In that nineteen fifty year, before we talk about um, Coromel Rangers, um, as a sixteen year old turning seventeen, um, how did you go against the men, and 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 what did you think um, about the physicality of the game versus the junior ranks? I was pretty good I, I, in that particular year. I was picked to play against the English side that yeah. came out here, so. It was uh, nothing new for me, you know. <laughs> you just took it in your stride? Yeah, just... And, and playing against uh, the English team, uh, was that a surprise selection for you? Although you must have had strong form for North Wollongong. Yeah, yeah. Is that still a surprise? Oh, still a surprise, yeah. And um, do you recall much about that game or...? No, not a lot, except they were a particularly good side, you know. Yeah. I think they had a very successful tour against they all, did, they, all they, teams that they, they played against. Well. So what did you think um, in 1951 um, when you joined Coromel Rangers? Um, I, I believe Bob Young was captain coach um, yeah. in that first year. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a bit about um, him and, and what you recall in those th that first year? Oh, he was a, a particularly... Uh, good coach he was a very physical uh, fitness man yep and he'd been on a tour of uh, south africa i think and yes it helped a lot yeah, yeah because the south africans <coughs> were, were a strong yeah. footballing nation so um was it a bit of a um you hadn't been like you said you'd been watching north wollongong mm. um you didn't watch too much state league football so um did you notice the difference straight away between the IDSA competition in State League when you first started oh, playing? Yes, there was a difference. Uh, I used to go and watch the State League, so uh, yeah. it was, uh, there was a fairly big difference. And um, the the other people in the in the team, like the likes of Young, Vignal, Yandel, Costello and Willoughby, um, they sort of welcomed you with yeah, open arms? Oh, yes, yes. And did it help that you had, um, you know, people that were playing at North Wollongong in Wheatley and the like that came across with you? Yes, it was good. Just good. And um, what about the uh, the crowds at Memorial um, Memorial Park there? Were, were they a lot bigger than what you used to oh, in the yeah, IDSA yeah, competition? Yeah, they were a lot bigger at the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for yourself, um, even in that first season of State League, mm. you uh, represented the Illawarra uh, against the Metropolitan team and... and um, and the English team, uh, it must have been uh, an amazing feeling that you were sort of, I guess, straight into those sort of lineups as well. Yes, it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Did you notice, um, was there, a, when you first started, did you get advice from Bob, Bob Young, or, or someone else that any other bits of, you obviously had a strong game? Um, what were the strengths to your game and, and what were the weaknesses that you had to work on? Well, no, Bob used to give us pretty good advice, you know. I, I, I was a, an inside forward out there, yep. what they used to call an inside forward, which, uh, and uh, I later developed into a centre forward. Yep. And uh, sort of the inside left position. Yeah. So um, for you, uh, what was it like... Uh, when you first pulled on the, the Coromel Rangers shirt. I'm assuming at that time they were in the red and white quarters. Yes. So was that a good feeling still to have a bit of red on? Yeah, red and white quarters, yeah. That's, they, they were uh, very similar to North Wollongong. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the um, 
the other aspect to playing in state league that um, you know uh, the away games up in Sydney um, apart from the the local uh, games against uh, Winona Bulleye um, mm. how did you find uh, traveling up to Sydney and, and, and playing against uh, uh, the other Sydney teams? Well, it was great, but we we also had to go to Newcastle yeah. as well. And I think in one or two years we went to Newcastle, and uh, they were always tough games. And going mm. up, uh, would you carpool or, or would the club have a bus? No, they had a bus for many years. A bus. Yep. Mm. And uh, being in a team sport myself, um, not at the levels that you played at, but uh, being on the bus, it's always a, a bit of fun. Uh, with your teammates and the like, and, and you obviously had the reserve yeah. team as well, or the seconds yeah. team, so um, you, you started developing friendships as well uh, oh, off the yeah. field? Yeah, it's a lot of fun when you're coming home on the bus, especially when you win. <laughs> <laughs> a, a few stop-offs, Keith? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, although I'm assuming uh, you being underage that you, you didn't partake in any of those celebrations? Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> That um, next few years at um, at Coromel, um, you were in the Southern League, um, and then it was a gradual progression that the Coromel were always in the top five. But um, then the trophy started coming. Yeah. Um, do you think um, those first two or three years uh, for you in in fifty one and fifty two um, and fifty three? Um, there was no trophies, but you were roundabouts. Um, I think in 53, you lost the, the State Cup 1-0 to Auburn. Um, was it a, just a matter of the likes of yourself um, getting more experience and, and and the team combining well together, or, or was just uh, a couple of other players that came in, in in 54 and 55 that sort of brought you to the, the top of the tree? I think we had a, a couple of players added that made a bit of a difference in 54 and 55. It was very good. Because even though um, uh, early on, you were still, in your first year, you made 27 appearances. Um, so they throw you, threw you straight into the deep end yeah. and, and you obviously lapped it up. Yes, yes I didn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm assuming that because um, you're a bigger man, um, the physicality wasn't too bad, but did you uh, get used to, uh, I guess, some of the uh, defensive tricks that might be used against uh, an inside left like yourself? Yeah. Oh, yes, I soon learned. <laughs> <laughs> to give back uh, when it was given to you? Oh, yeah, better times. <laughs> <laughs> that 54 and, and, and 55 seasons, um, I don't think... Um, and being an amateur historian of the game, uh, it's and even though I'm a Bowgowney, um person, um, first and foremost, I must admit um, that over the history of the game in the Illawarra, I believe that this Coromel team um, far surpasses any other, even though Coromel had a successful period in the early 40s, sort of that 42, mm. 43 period as well, and the Bowgowney teams of the 20s, um, this team... Um, was the the best team that yeah. that 54 um you won the southern league you won the state cup you won the sydney cup you didn't lose a game that year um you topped the southern and northern division scoring charts with 34 goals yourself yeah. um what was it like to to play in those years where 
And in 55, state premiers again, Sydney Cup winners again, the Grand Challenge final winners against Cessnock by 11 goals to three. Um, you scored 20 goals in 24 games. The likes of Brown, Wheatley, Bignall, Peters, mm. Colin, um, Young, James, Drain, mm. Kerr, Burns, Willoughby, they're mm. just... It must be wonderful. Does yeah. it still stick in your mind, some of those oh, games and the players? It certainly does. They were a great side. And the, the introduction of Teddy Drain into the side in about 53 made a bit of a difference as well. Can you recall a, a bit about Teddy and, and what he was like as a player? What were his skills or his strengths? Oh, he was a particularly good player. good player uh, and he, he had a um, the ability to score goals as well as set him up. You know, he was a, quite a good player. Made a difference to our team. So he played in the midfield predominantly? No, he played at uh, inside right. Inside right. And so at that, those 54, 55, were you still at inside left? No, I was in centre forward then. Centre forward. Yeah. And who was your inside left alongside Drain and yourself? Phil Peters. Okay. So what were, um, what about Bignall? Um, what was he like as a player? Oh, he's a good player, Bob. Very fast, very fit, very fit player. And and a lot of these uh, further players, um, like Wheatley and Willoughby and and Peters, um, and Drain, you also at this time, um, along your normal season, were playing in representative teams, the Illawarra mm. teams, the New South Wales teams, mm. and uh, even Australian representation. Mm. So. Um, it must have been um, just fascinating to be, I guess, learning and, and watching the other blokes in your team that could help your game yeah. and, and be so successful. Yes, we were a pretty good combination right throughout the side. And are there any games in that sort of 54-55 period that you recall that are still lingering in your mind? That uh, I can remember the 11-3 win against Cessna. <laughs> and what do you remember about that? <laughs> I scored the first goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, At the time, Cessnock were an extremely strong team yeah, as well. They were, they were, yeah. For yourself and, and your teammates, um, it was no fluke that what you did in 54 and 55. Um, the, the game at the time was um, predominantly uh, a training, a lot of physic physical work, a lot of aerobic fitness, mm. but... There was a lot of skill in that team as well in yeah, terms of passing, yeah. heading, um, you know, crossing of the ball. So yeah. um, what were your training sessions like at that time? They were pretty hard too. We had Bob uh, uh, Young training us at the time and it was pretty tough. And so he was still captain coach in that in that period? I, I don't know whether he was a captain coach. I think Bob Bigner was a captain. Okay. And for yourself... Um, Training was it two or three nights a week that you were training? We trained two nights a week, but on, a, on occasions with a big game, we might have trained three nights. Yep. And always, did you train on the the main memorial park pitch, or was it on the outside pitch that you did training? No, we trained on the main oval. Yep. And in that fifty four fifty five period, um, do you recall some of the crowds that that turned up in Memorial Park? Because I'm assuming um, when either Bowgowney or, or Winuna Bulleye were away, that some of their crowd, yeah, apart yeah, from just yeah. the soccer public mm. watching a successful team, would come? Yeah, they were pretty big crowds at the time, yes. Yeah. They were. A, a few thousand, you're talking? Oh, yeah, a few thousand, yes. And, and for yourself, uh, 
you weren't a nervous player. You just took it in your stride. No, no, I wasn't nervous. <laughs> no. <laughs> Always willing to, yeah. to get straight in from the whistle? Straight, straight in, yeah. We now, uh, and I'm assuming you've watched the game in the last 20 or 30 years and, mm. and how it's progressed, but mm. at the time, um, while you were playing, um, there was still a lot of skillful football, yeah. but there was um, a, a bit more allowed in the, the laws of the game in terms yeah. of uh, defenders could uh, yeah. to give it a bit. Yeah. Um, how did you stack up against the, sort of those defensive tactics of, of harder tackling and and potentially some uh, off-the-ball stuff. Uh, how did you negate that? I could handle myself all right. Yep. <laughs> and and what about um, the referees at the time? Yeah, they were pretty good. They were yep. pretty good referees. Yeah. Where, in, in that period, um, who were your uh, main defensive opponents that you always came up against that you had... Um, not necessarily trouble with, but they really challenged you as a striker. Oh, they they had we had fellows like Joe Marston. Yep. Um, Billy Walsh, he was a great player, and a few others. Well, most of the centre, Davey McComish, and they were all pretty good yep. stoppers, you know. And uh, and what about that first time when you played against Joe Marston? Because he he'd obviously had the pedigree of yeah. of English football. Uh, yeah. um, what were you thinking when you first lined up against him? Did you think that? He had a bit more of uh, an aura about him when you until you started playing. Oh, he was a great player, but uh, I could sort of handle myself against him pretty well. Because yeah. in that in that period as well, uh, you're representing the South Coast and New South Wales, and and playing with players um, locally such as Stewart, Duff, uh, Frame, Murdoch, uh, Williams, uh, Barry Salisbury, uh, Barlow's, and Eddie. Um, mm. What was it like? Uh, um, playing alongside uh, players that you'd normally play against in the likes of the Balgani or or uh, Winuna Bulli or for Barry, who was at Canterbury there for a period. How was it to join up with players, the better players from the other teams? Oh, it was okay. Well, they were uh, pretty good blacks. <laughs> <laughs> and what were the the colours of um, uh, the? the jerseys or the strips of the Illawarra teams when you played in, in those years? Uh, it was blue, blue and white. Blue and white. And and the state team was always the sky blue yeah. with the Waratah yeah, on the front. Yeah. Um, in 55, um, uh, where Coromel were dominant and, um, and, and pretty much won every trophy on offer, um, there was an Austrian club side, uh, Rapid Vienna, who toured Australia, and, and you were s- selected to play for the Australian team against them um, in in July. So um, do you recall the lead-up to, to that? Did you receive a telegram or, or a letter, or did you sort of know that you were a possibility of, of making that team? Oh, they always notified us by letter. Yep. Always. And, and do you recall um, uh, receiving that letter uh, for the Australian team? Oh, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably in there somewhere. <laughs> and and was that a special moment um, for yourself and your family? Oh, it was. Yes, it was particularly uh, special. To, yeah. And and you weren't new new to representing, and and nor were your brothers. Mm. Um, they were f- successful in in playing in the sort of representative yeah. teams. So um, you know, the family itself. Um, a great sporting pedigree then. Yes, I'd say so. <laughs> uh, what do you um, uh, 
recall of um, those games against Rapid Vienna because you played three times um, against them and, and also played against the South China Athletic Association who, who were from Hong Kong. Um, do you have any sort of um, uh, memories of, of the games themselves? Oh, the Rapid were a great side. They had uh, uh, World Cup players in their yeah. team, you know, and uh, th- they were just too skillful. They were beautiful players, some of them. And I think um, in, in your debut, did you score in, in your debut uh, in that 6-2 loss? Uh, yeah, I scored the first goal for Australia. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like? Uh, most of us will never, ever have that feeling. Um, what is it like uh, to score for your country? Oh, it's a good feeling. Yep. And um, I'm assuming um, back in those days, uh, there was no celebrations like there were these days? No, not, not in those days, no. Maybe just a, a shake of the hand that's of teammates? Right. That's right, yes. Not some of the uh, over-the-top stuff that no. we see today. <laughs> and, and, and what was it like, uh, like you said, you were playing against World Cup stars and, um, and I guess some, some different tactics and, and different types of players with um, the rapid Vienna players and, uh, and the, the Hong Kong team. So um, how did you find that, playing against a, a different sort of level and, and tactics? Oh, they were extremely good. They had possession football at the time and yep. uh, it was very, very difficult to play against them. And, and over that sort of um, the matches that you did play against Rapid Vienna, um, did you um, sort of change your game a little bit to sort of uh, negate their tactics or the way they played? No, not really, no. So um, did you get more physical with them or...? Oh, well, you had to be a bit physical against them. <laughs> they were a bit strong. <laughs> and what was it like uh, playing at some of these uh, bigger venues like the Sydney Sports Ground? Mm. Um, it must have been, a, and you played in Melbourne and Adelaide yeah. as well. Mm. Um, what was it like uh, playing at these bigger bigger grounds? Oh, it's very good. I think one game against Rapid, the, uh, they had to lock the gates. There was that many there. Yeah. Oh, wow. At, at the Sydney Sports Ground. <laughs> mm, and for yourself, does um, uh, playing for your nation, does that give you an extra sort of motivation with the crowd behind you? Did that, did that help the team no, somewhat? I, that always helps, yeah. Yep. You had a, had a period there... Um, when you did play for the Australian teams, where you're then playing against the sort of the next echelon of, mm. of players in the likes of O'Neill, Marsden, Nunn, mm. Lord, um, Williams, and then you know Neil, and, and then some of your own teammates that you played with as well, you know, in Drain and mm. Bignall. Um, can you give an insight into some of those players and and what they were like? Well, a few of those players are from Cessnock, and uh, they were particularly good players. And there was a few uh, Queenslanders that were pretty good as well. Yep. Mm. And do you think, um, because sometimes you look at the newspapers or you look on the internet and, and you just see the score lines, yeah. but um, there must be a bit of a sort of put it into context that um, some of these representative time teams, um, you don't get the time to train. That's right. Um, these teams that were touring... Um, were a set combination. Yes. Um, do you look back on it and think that um, maybe uh, the Coromel team of the time, they might not have won, 
but because you had been together for three or four years, you you could have given uh, a better account of yourself. Yes, that's definitely right. That's what you're saying is definitely right. Because it wasn't, um, I think people might have an idea, um, which is not correct, that um, the touring, um, the national teams of today and the preparation, it wasn't the done thing. Um, you guys yeah. were yeah. um, maybe semi-professional, oh, yeah. working during the week, and yes. then, then you'd be travelling to these games on the weekend. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, and what did you do um, uh, as a vocation in life, Keith? I was worked at the Stirworks for 41 years. Yep. I was uh, in charge of electrical inspection. And and was it difficult for you um, when you had sort of Sydney games or Newcastle games to sort of a working week's always hard? Um, was it was it something that you just had to mentally get over and, and work through it like the rest of the guys? It was the same for everybody though. Everybody yeah. worked in uh, Stirworks or the mines. It's the same every for blue collar work. Yeah. So. It, it wasn't too much of a hindrance. You had a had a period out of the out of the uh, the national team, um, but but apart from the but in '55 as well. Before I get um, onto those other um, times where you represented in '57, you had the honour of um, I guess winning or, or obtaining your. Uh, um, A-game sort of debut with Australia mm. and that was against uh, the South Africans. Mm. Um, what do you recall about that? Because uh, to play against the club teams and play in the national shirt must have been fantastic but to play against another nation um, mm. that must have been yes. uh, one of your highlights of your career. Yeah, it was. Africa were a good team too when they came here. It was quite an interesting time. And, and do you remember anything about... Um, uh, those games that you you played against South Africa. Well, I can't recall too much. There's, there's a lot going on at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those games were was down in Melbourne, wasn't it? Yes. And and at that time, um, y- you know, you got to play with some other guys like Sander, Thomas, yeah. Percy, Longren, um, Henderson, and Kitching. Yeah. So um, each time, did you see it as? Um, another opportunity to prove yourself and, and learn from the other guys that you were playing with? The teams, uh, you know, we, you didn't realise uh, what they were like. We hardly ever saw some of the players that uh, you were playing with. playing with, yes. So that was, like I said before, a, a difficult yeah. transition yeah. In, in a couple of days. Oh, to that's right, yes. This is true. And, and those are Australian... Um, shirts that you were playing in was that the sort of green and then the gold chevron um with all the v's that you were playing yeah that's right yes and um and with the state teams and the uh, australian teams uh did you ever get to keep your shirts or were they pretty much the the state associations would take them back i think once we might have kept our shirts and socks once i think (laughs) (laughs) and 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 did you ever get to, do you still have them on hand, uh, any of those sort of Coromel or, or Illawarra or New South Wales or Australian shirts? Uh, there's a, I think there's a, a blazer in there with Coromel with Undefeated on it, you know, that's, okay, uh, I've kept that one. Yeah. I might have to, to get a picture of that to, <laughs> to show the listener uh, yeah. online. Uh, 57, um, Coromel was state premiers in the southern section. Um 
and and you scored that year 17 goals in 26 games um and and represented your country again against the the hungarian side fernavarchos uh after a little bit of a, a time out of the national team it must have been exciting to be back yeah yeah it was and they were uh, for and was a very good side too a very yeah. good team it must have been um exciting to to play against some of those players and 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 a couple of those players then transitioned into or immigrated out here and and started mm-hmm. to play in the, our uh, yeah. our Australian state league so yeah. that must have been a, a great joy to sort of see the game change slightly when they came across yes, yes. Yeah, they uh, Prague uh, had a, a bought uh, Baumgartner and Jaros and a few of these players out, and they were extremely good, and they improved the standard of the game here. And and for yourself, um, how did that improve your game as a striker? Was it just an extra challenge to play defenders that came from the continent? Yeah, it was just the same, the same game. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if you had to describe uh, um, the way you played the game, um, you know, how would you describe it? Oh, it could be described as a bit rugged. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> More in terms of just um, there was an enthusiasm to, to yeah. sort of chase down the ball, yeah. um, use your body. Yeah. And, and, and you were good in the air and on the ground yes, with, with yeah. both feet and, yeah. and using your head. Yeah. But would you say most of your goals came from the right or left foot? I'd say most of them come from the right foot, but uh, had a few from the left as well. And you did score some goals in the air as well? Oh, yes, I scored a few in the air. There was a time there um, in that 57 where um, the Coromel Rangers forfeited the Grand Challenge Cup. Um, I don't know if you recall why... um, you forfeited that. Was it more just about the logistics or the? It was about the. Uh, I think. I think from from memory, it was to do, to do with the, uh, uh, the, the the ground. I think we were supposed to play at uh, Crystal Palace and uh, Walls End, End, and yep. we thought we should have played either down here or in Sydney. You know, yep. as, a, as a neutral ground. And so it was a, a the forfeit was then a, a processed in yeah, a sense about yeah. being put up there. That's right. Yeah. 58, um, at the start of 1958, um, um, it was a very uh, a weird time um, uh, with the split um, between the association mm-hmm. and then the federation um, and, and new clubs and, and whatnot. So um, were you at the, the 58 Coromel Rangers AGM where um, it was decided to that the club would split in a sense? Yeah, that's right. Well, I was, yes. Was that a difficult period for the for the people involved? Um, I guess both sides of um, the fence had their opinions about mm. what they thought was right and, and whatnot. So was it difficult because, like I said before, the Coromel Club um, was one of the best teams mm. ever in the Illawarra. Mm. So to see it mm. sort of split like that, mm. was that hard to see? Oh, it's particularly hard to see. Uh, but the administration in, in 1957 was pretty poor, and they, yep. and that's why they had to get uh, had to had to, we had to make the change. And by making the change, it improved the game. And, and was it poor in terms of how they treated the players, um, or or was it just more about the conditions that we, you were playing under? I think it was a lot to do with the um, with, with all those things. But the, the administration generally was pretty poor in the in the in the old. Uh, league 
And uh, when the new league formed, it was pretty good, really. So for yourself um, and uh, other other teammates and, and a couple of the other committee guys that ended up forming Coromel United, yeah. um, did was there some friendships lost or strained during that period? Oh, there may have been, but it, amongst the players there wouldn't be because the bulk of the players went to the uh, new form. Yep. And we had a pretty good year in 1958. Uh, yeah, and um, you were the, the league champions, or they call it minor yeah, premiers, yeah, but I don't. Right, but yeah. um, you went into that new uh, federation competition. Yeah, we and did, did all right. And, and again, um, you had no problems in scoring um, yeah. 25 goals in 28 games. Um, was it a bit weird, though, that um, from the newspapers I read at the time, that, you know, um, the Coromel Rangers Club that then went back to the... Um, uh, played in the... Um, New South Wales Association League, um, they were trying to stop you from using Memorial yeah, Park and whatnot. Sort of so there was a bit of a transition there where people were that's sort of right. a bit standoffish with each other. Yes. That Coromel United team, um, what colours did you play in? We played in uh, just a red with a with a V, I think, with a, with a white V. Okay. And um, did the crowds uh, still stick with Coromel United in yeah. that 58 season? Yeah, they stuck with us, yeah. And uh, in 59, um, you were then uh, being coached by uh, Bernard Bryant. And um, in 31 games, you scored 20 goals. Um, uh, must have been uh, another satisfying season for you. Oh, it was a good season. That 58 was a good season. And 59 as well. And in that 59 season, you, um, you ended up uh, with your last appearance for Australia against Hearts. Um, who were from Scotland, a touring club scene, um, and they were an extremely good team. Um, was it, again, a, a satisfying experience uh, making the national team? Oh, it was, and Hearts were one of the best teams in Europe at the time. They won everything in Europe at that at that 58, uh, or that time when they played, and they were a particularly good team. And for yourself, you just um, did the best that you could for your country? That's right. In 1960, um, you, you played uh, 19 games um, for eight goals. Um, uh, but the la la latter part of that year, um, you had a bit of a, a health issue, a serious health yeah. issue um, in your regards to your kidney. And, and, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But, but what ended up happening? Well, they removed the kidney and uh, improved my health out of sight. So what... what was, there, was it a sporting accident or a work accident? There was or? a bit of a doubt at the time whether it was from football, but they weren't 100% sure. And so um, at, the, at the end of, in those two months before you had surgery, you obviously had some problems oh, yeah. in that region? Oh, yes, yes. And, and do you think you were carrying that problem during that season as well? I might have carried it for a little while. but, but Just uh, got on with it? Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, and was that... Um, uh, the reason why you stopped playing? Yeah, when the kidney was removed, they said, uh, you, you know, you've got the option of playing or not playing. I said, well, it's, I've played enough. I think I'll give it up. So. And although um, your health's extremely important and your family and, mm, and yeah. your working life, yeah. was it part of you sort of sad and disappointed that you had to give it up when, when you were sort of mid to late 20s yeah. there and you still probably had two or three years of oh, good, yeah. very good dis football. Very disappointed at that time, yeah. Very disappointed. 
what did you um, uh, do after that? Did you still involve yourself in the game in, in some shape or form? Well, I was on the committee at uh, Coronel and yep. uh, I coached uh, Coniston under-12s, I think, at the time. So. Yep. And, and did you, um, what did you think about the, uh, uh, the merge between Coronel United and, and Winuna at the time to, to bring about uh, South Coast United? It was probably a good move at that time, yeah. And, and do you think, um, uh, forgetting about um, uh, the surgery you had on your kidney, do you think you would have then moved into, into that South Coast United lineup and kept playing? Oh, yeah, yes, if, yes, certainly. What about some of the other, other sort of fellow strikers that you probably didn't play against but you saw play? Um, the likes of, uh, say, early on in your career, Reg Date. Yeah. Um, uh, who were some of the... Reg Date, um, Reg, a, a score, scoring machine. What did, what he did was you... a great player, Reg Date. A good mate too, and he was a very, very good player. Very strong shot, big yep. blade. Handled himself pretty well. But there were a lot of good players came out later and uh, fellas like Warm Gartner, you know, yep. from Muscle. They were, they were top, top men, you know. And when you were watching from the opposite end, would you sort of pick up little things um, from them or, or, or see what they did? Oh, you're always learning, yes. And, and, and what are some of the other strikers that you can recall and, and what made them good? Mm. Well, Billy Collins from Wall's End was pretty good. Billy, yep. he was pretty good. And, uh, uh, and the Cessnock team, uh, who was... Uh, um, <laughs> Jackie Drinkwater, he, yeah. he's pretty pretty rough bloke, but he's pretty good. <laughs> rough in terms of tackling or forearms or both? Uh, both and scores goals as well. Yep. Uh, the local derbies uh, against the likes of Winuna Bulli and Baogani, um, uh, do they? Uh, do any of them stick out your memory? Um, because there must have been a, a feeling in the the local area that you know. We've got two local teams playing against each other today, so there must have been a, a bit more in the crowd, I'm assuming. And oh, yeah. I can recall one game against Balgani when Wilf Billington, the goalkeeper... Came hit, out from England, yeah. Hit, ...hit me under the chin <laughs> <laughs> and knocked me out. I was in hospital all night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think when I interviewed Wilf, uh, Wilf last yeah, year, yeah. He, he did mention that yeah. and, um, is, and is, said he heard a bit about you. His shoulder... He hit me there. He was coming up with his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and did you get to play against him uh, another time? And, oh, many times. Were you a bit apprehensive doing that again? No, a good mate of mine, Wilf. <laughs> no. no, he hit me with the shoulder and that was it. And and what about um, uh, those other grounds? Um, you know, Bowgani Sports Ground, now known as Judy Masters uh, Oval or Park. Um, and um, Balls Paddock. Uh, right. How did you like those grounds? Oh, they were pretty good. They were pretty good grounds. And the old Balls Paddock where you used to play, um, it had it was a bit of a sort of cavern in a sense, sort of dug yeah. out. Yeah. Um, was it a better atmosphere with a lot of fans there than Memorial Park? Well, I'm not sure of that, but uh, it, w it was a good ground to play on. It was, it was pretty small, but it was pretty good. But you preferred the uh, bigger memorial I park? I prefer the bigger grounds, yeah. And, and what was um, Baugiani Sports Ground like at the time? Because it was further north um, and it had a bit of a sort of old tin shed, as, yeah. uh, wooden shed as well. Yeah, I can just recall that, yes. That's true, yeah. And 
Was that Bowgowney ground slightly bigger than Memorial at the time or not really? Oh, Memorial was the biggest? I think Memorial Park might have been bigger. Yeah. And, and what was um, the, the biggest uh, gain crowd-wise locally that you played at a local ground? Was it at Memorial Park? And, and do you recall what that was? I can't recall, but it would have been at Memorial Park. I can't recall the crowd. And, and for yourself, um, I'm seeing um, some scrapbooks here with, with a lot of um, memorabilia and, and articles. Um, uh, and even now you've dug them out for me and look back. Um, you must be quite proud of, of the career you have. Uh, like I yeah. said before in the interview, I'm looking at, yeah. at some beautiful pictures up there that are framed. Um, you must be proud of not just your own involvement in the game, but, but your family's family's involvement, does it still um, give you a lot of positivity and joy? Oh, yes, I still enjoy looking at the the, uh, the uh, scrapbooks and that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and was there a period of time um, after that where um, you were sort of still noticed in the street and, and sort of known as as the, the Commonwealth Rangers striker? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure of that. <laughs> Although it might be um, a sad question uh, in, in some respects, but in 67, the North Wollongong Club was wound up. Yes. Um, it must have been a, a sad time for, for you and your brothers um, because of um, growing up and watching mm. them as a kid, playing with them for that one year in that successful 1950 season and, and seeing your brothers and yourself don the the red mm. shirt. Um, mm. uh, it must have been a sad time to see, see that happen? Well, it was. The, the North Wollongong had to... Uh, it was an established area. There was no young families coming around there. So eventually they had to uh, pull the plug at some stage, yeah. For yourself, um, when you look back, uh, is there a, a favourite moment that you would... A couple or two or three favourite moments you would single out as... as um, that you sort of remember the most? I remember scoring a goal against Rapid, and that was a, a, a particularly good goal, and I was very happy with that. Uh, do you recall uh, how it came about? Yeah, uh, with a left footer from a mile out. Was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you said you scored predominantly on the right, so you must have yeah, uh, score, must have been a, a huge, huge joy for you. Yeah. Uh, some of your other um, uh, Coromel teammates, um, can you talk a bit about them and 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 what made them and what what position they played in and what was yeah. their strength? Um, we'll start off with Willoughby. Um, Scout Willoughby was a veteran left winger. He played on the left wing for many years. He was a great club man and uh, uh, a very very handy black to have in the team. And 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 Burns. Oh, goal scoring machine on the right wing. Uh, it was Ronnie, was it? Yeah, Ronnie Burns. Yes, yep. he was a good, good, uh, good. I had a great combination with Ron over the years. And, and Kerr. Oh, Kerr's, he's, Kerr's one of the few blacks that are still alive. <laughs> he's uh, he, he was a, a good young black, very fast, two good feet, and he was quite good. I interviewed Warren uh, eighteen months back. The likes of James. Oh, Davey was a great player. Uh, great ball control, right half. Uh, thing he lacked was a bit of pace. He didn't have a lot of pace, but he, he, I think he had his leg broken once or twice, but uh, he was a very good player. Um, 
and, and, and young? A uh, very, very fit machine, Bob. He was very, <laughs> very, very fit character, and he was a great player. And uh, he went to South Africa uh, first, and uh, I think he played well. Yeah, yeah. Peters. Oh, Phil Peters. We 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 bought him from uh, Cessnock. Yeah. We bought him from Cessnock. He moved down here. And he was a great little player. The Adam they used to call him. The Adam. He was little and he. He was a very, very good player. And uh, he, later on, he did, uh, they moved him to right half and where he played particularly well. Uh, Bignall, like we know about um, his representative yeah. career, but but what was he like as a player in terms of oh, his strengths and, and what he did and where he played? Right full back, very fast, very good in the air. And uh, now he was the captain of the side. He was a good player, top player. Uh, Wheatley, who was a, a former... Teammate of yours at North Wollongong when you came yeah, across Shadow Wheatley, we used to call him. Uh, <laughs> and why is that? <laughs> well, they um, we were playing against Prague and uh, Baumgartner was their centre forward. Yep. And they said to George, "You've got to shadow him. You've got to <laughs> shadow him." And he got the name from that. <laughs> <laughs> and Brown. Brown, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy was a good uh, good player. I haven't heard from Jimmy for many years. I don't know where he went to Queensland, but he was a pretty good goalkeeper. Yeah, and, and what that's was his Jimmy, strength as a keeper? That's, that's Jimmy Brown, and we also had Jack Brown. Okay, he was uh, he's still alive, Jack too, I think. <laughs> and if you could, um, uh, if you'll indulge me, um, if you could go and talk a bit about because you've you've watched him play a lot and and you'd know a lot and. And although it's not about your own career or, or Coromel, could you talk a bit about um, your brothers, um, the positions they played, and um, and what were their strengths? So people get an idea of because they were household names yeah. in in the local and, and yeah. local leagues. Yeah, well, Bob, the oldest, he was uh, he started his career as a right fullback. He was probably one of the best players in the district at the time. Yeah. He finished up in the grand final. He played. He played uh, at the, on the right wing, so he was pretty versatile. And there was Jack, uh, who was the captain of the side. Jack was uh, very, very good uh, ball control. Very good ball control, and the best penalty kicker I've ever seen. I don't think he ever missed a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> he was terrific. And Ron played in the defence, full back or centre half. He was quite a good player too. They all represented. And the other boy, Hilton, uh, he captained the reserve grade. So yep. he did play a few first grade games, but he captained the reserves. And 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 was it a common occurrence that your your parents would come out and and, oh, yeah. and, and watch the the sons play? Oh, they all played, all watched, yeah, always watched them. And um, your parents, um, did your dad uh, ever play the the game? And and, and where did uh, he play? He didn't. I don't think he ever played the game. But I've, there is a photo around somewhere of Balgani, and he's in the photo with a towel over his shoulder, and it's a Mark Trainer. <laughs> he's a trainer. <laughs> I think yeah. I've I think I've seen it. I don't know. Well, I think it's here, but I can't find it. <laughs> and and uh, talking a, a bit of a segue there about Balgani, you had a. Uh, an uncle who who played and and was very strong. Can you tell the listener about that? Well, I never ever saw him play, of course, but no. he's uh, he was a particularly good supporter of us and uh, Scotchy, we called him. I think his name was Stan, but he, they they say he was a very good player, and he was in this, the uh, Balgani team that won the Nurse Cup, which was a competition uh, played through the state with all the state clubs, 
And uh, I've got a, a medal here uh, from him, so... I'll try and, uh, if, if Keith allows it, I'll, I might try and get a picture of that. For you, um, are there any sort of... Um, you talk about um, some of your teammates as being characters. Um, what about some potential uh, funny stories that you can recall or other nicknames of former teammates? Because some of that stuff uh, gives us an insight to inside the locker room or, or the change shed. Well, they, they all had nicknames. Uh, we started with the goalkeeper, it's Cactus Brown. <laughs> and uh, the, the fullbacks with Choco Bignall. Yeah. And um, Scotty Callan, yep. uh, Slogger James, Shadow Wheatley, <laughs> Tagger Young, Dookie Burns, uh, Adam Peters, Horse Learmouth, or Sam. Or Sam. Tongue and Drone, Scout Willoughby. That's, that's the whole 11 got their nicknames. Oh, that's fantastic. So nobody called anyone by their uh, Christian name, nobody. No. Even today, if you said, how's Shadow going, you know. It's <laughs> that's brilliant. Uh, some of the, the committee people um, involved in your time at, um, we'll firstly start off at Coromel, but then talk a little bit about North Wollongong as mm -hmm. well. Um, do you recall any of the committee people at Coromel? Oh, yeah, Coromel, I just might be able to get them. There's some officials there. Yep. There's Harry Hanson, Gil Thompson. Yep. Charlie Birch. Yep. Uh, the best secretary uh, publicity officer of all time, Jack Morris. Yeah, hi-ho. Hi-ho. Yeah. Charlie Birch, uh, Kenny Bragg, and then we had a management committee of uh, Bill Fairs, Roy Drury, G George Drury, Billy Green, Jack Maloof, Trevor Birch, Travis Birch, and Alec Rowan and Stan Ellington. And, and, and specifically, do you recall, um, out of those guys, who would have the most interaction with the team, or although some of them would? Um, oh, well, Trevor Birch was the, uh, Travis Birch was the, uh, the manager, and I suppose yeah. he was involved a lot. But Jack Morris was the... Uh, he was the live wire of the club. Because he was a, a journalist and on oh, radio as well. Ma magnificent. He was magnificent, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and for yourself, um, during those times, uh, it was a, there was a selection committee um, when you got selected for games. So it wasn't just the coach that was picking the teams. Um, is that correct? Yeah, I think it was. I think they um, they did have a, a selection committee. I can't recall who they were. Though. But there wouldn't have been too many times where you were not put on the first grade team no, sheet? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think there was any. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what about some of the, the people at North Wollongong that you can recall? Well, uh, the, the bulk of them were Isdales. Les yep. Isdale, Frank Isdale. Oh, a, a great name in Illawarra. Oh, yeah. Soccer, uh, football. They were very good, yeah. Um. I've taken up enough of your time, Keith, and and um, although it was, uh, you know, over 70 or 65 years ago, um, you've done uh, uh, fantastic um, in, in telling us um, some bits and pieces about your enormous career, and um, I sincerely uh, appreciate your time, and, and thank you very much uh, 
for having me in your home and and um, and showing me um, so much hospitality and and uh, sharing your experiences. So thank you very much, Keith. Okay, thanks, Trevor. At this point of the podcast, I'm going to let Barry Salisbury and Peter Glass tell the listener about their thoughts on Keith Learmonth as a player. I first saw him play when he was about 10 or 11, I think. And okay. he, was, he, was an out, he was an outstanding junior, and I think it was in 1945. He had the same experience as I had in that he represented Illawarra and they won the uh, state championship. Yep. They beat uh, Canterbury in the final. Bloke that I had more to do with, who played in the junior teams with Keith, was Billy Williams. Okay, they were yep. they were regularly in Illawarra teams together, and uh, I don't know whether Billy tour. No, Billy didn't tour Victoria, but um, um, yeah. The funny thing was the reason I I remember him as a kid is that I used to follow. Uh, there was a bloke that lived near us. His name was Melvin McDowell. He yep. had red hair, so he was given the name Blue, Blue McDowell. <laughs> and he, I used to go everywhere with him when he played. Not that he was a great player, but <laughs> I used to go everywhere with him anyway. And um, they often played against Gwynville. Okay. And Gwynville was a, a pretty good side. They had some very useful players. And and um, so uh, <laughs> that's where I first saw Keith playing for, <laughs> at that junior level. Yeah, so oh, wow. but I think he would have been... He might have been 12 and I would have been eight. <laughs> yeah. So he made an impression on even then. But he came, his, his family experience was even greater than mine in that he had about four or five brothers that played. That's correct. And yeah. some, of them, some of them played for North Wollongong. Yes, yes. And I think the, the young one, I think it's, is it Bob? He played a couple of games for Noona. Okay. And he... And then he went back to North Wollongong, and when I saw him play, I thought he was a terrific player. He scored a couple of goals for Noona in the games he played for them, and um, I thought, you know, he's, he's going to be a really great player. But I think he, they dropped him, and he was disappointed, and he went back to North Wollongong, and uh, he didn't kick on after that. He continued to play for North Wollongong, but I thought he was a very good player. And uh, Keith's other brothers all played for... North Wollongong, and I used to watch them um, when they played at Winoona, as I, I pointed out to you yeah. in our interview. Um, yeah, I used to go over and watch everything. So <laughs> so I often saw the Learmonth brothers playing for North Wollongong at Winoona, uh, particularly in the finals, because they were very successful, North Wollongong, yeah, they probably were. one of the most successful district teams of the time. But, um, yeah, I, so I saw Keith play from a very young age, and everybody put tabs on him that he was going to be a good player. Okay. And uh, even as a young kid, you know, a 12-year-old, they said, this kid's going to be good. And then um, he t- played for Coromel in 1951, was it? Yeah, it that was, was debut year? Yes. Yeah. And then he played for South Coast that same year. Yeah, that's and right. And he was only about 17, I think. Yeah. Um, um, 17 and turning he, you know, 18. He, He's just turning 18, right, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, I saw that game. Um, so I saw him playing that game and, you know, he, he did well. He always did well. I don't recall ever seeing Keith play very poorly. He he did well. And um, 
he went on, as he probably told you, he went on tours of Victoria yeah. and Queensland as a schoolboy. That's right. And um, then I first played with him for a South Coast team against a Metropolitan team in 1956. That was being used as an Olympic trial selection. Okay, okay. And um, I, we, beat, we beat Metropolitan easily. I, I don't remember who scored the goals. Keith probably scored one or so, one or two. But uh, we beat them 5-2, I think. Um, then the next time, we that was in 56. Then the next year... We played in Illawarra teams against FK Austria, Ference Virus, and a Hong Kong team called South China. Um, but whenever we played against him, you always knew that he was going to be a danger, and it didn't matter who you put on him; he was always, you know, going to look good and play <laughs> well. I remember one day we played them at Winuna, and um, somehow or another we got in front of them three-two with about. 20 minutes to go, and I thought, aha, this is the day. But <laughs> very cleverly, he and Ted Drain switched positions, and uh, I think Ted ended up scoring two extra goals, so that made four for him for the day. But it was the switch, the, you know, the, just the switching of positions. I think Keith had been playing centre-forward, yeah. and he moved to inside left, and then they switched one way or the other, and then they, that was, they proved too good for us. But... The other thing I can tell you is, and he wouldn't have known about this, I don't think, but he also played, well, he played against a few teams that came out here for Australia, and um, well, I think he played one international, and yeah. you know the difference, don't you, between a B international yeah. and an A? Yeah, one against he, yeah, the he, club side and one yeah, against he played, the nation. Yeah, he played against, um, which team was it? South Africa. That's right. Uh, so that gave him his international standing international A standing, yeah. but the other ones were for Australia B. But um, when he was playing for South Coast in 1959, he played against Hearts of Midlothian in Sydney, That's right. I think. Yes, yeah. yes, he did. And then they Hearts played either a New South Wales team or a, a um, South Coast team at the showground, and Wilf Billington must have been on the bench for, as the reserve goalkeeper for for whoever it was. It might have been South Coast. Yep. And Wilf heard the manager of the Hearts make a comment on, on Keith Learmont, and he, he turned to his fellow players and he said, the big fella's a pretty good player. And I, <laughs> that was, you know, a great compliment coming yeah. from somebody like Tommy Walker, who had been a star in English football and then manager of Hearts of Midlothian. It was said by Tommy Walker that the big lad, he can, the big lad's, he's useful. He's a very good player. So... <laughs> Yeah, so um, it's worth Keith knowing that. It, that's one thing I can tell you. That I don't think Keith would have told you because he wouldn't know anything about it. But, um, you see, um, Keith, he, when he was tall and rangy, but, yep. but he didn't have a lot of flesh on him. And you people who were looking at him might have thought, oh, this bloke's, you'll get knocked around a bit. But he never did <laughs> until the end of his career when I think he, he clashed with a goalkeeper and hurt his... Uh, Internal organs. Is that what he said? I, yeah, I'm not he, certain. He, of that. Did, he did say he had a, in the 1960 season, um, uh, had a had yeah. a kidney issue and then uh, ended That's up it. having That's surgery. It. Yeah, oh, right. Okay. Well, I think that was brought about by somebody clumping into him and hurting him. But the thing about him was, although he was tall, and but he didn't have a lot of bulk on him, but the thing, he was very strong. And, and I always judge 
a striker by these things. And one of them strength, and that's body of, mm-hmm. and mind. You've got to be able to strong in both of those departments. Yeah. And he was. He could get the ball. You could play the ball to him. He could hold it, and then he could hold off opponents. You know, keep the ball. In yeah. other words, he'd spread his arms and move his legs into position, and he'd keep the ball until he could play it off. And so that's pretty much what you want in a striker. And then, of course, as well as that, there was a bonus in that he was—he had a good shot. He could shoot. <laughs> and um, so he, he had those qualities. As a matter of fact, I, I don't know what you know about Max Tolson, but um, Max Tolson always reminded me of Keith. And uh, we had a, uh, we had a, a Pommy centre forward who played first division in England. His name was John Doherty. Yep. And he was remarkably clever on the ball. But he didn't have the strength of mind and he wasn't able to hold people off. If if his trick didn't work, then he'd lose the ball. Yeah. But Keith Learmont, much the same as Max Tolson, had a capacity to receive the ball and then protect it until somebody could run off him. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm not comparing Max and Keith because... Lived, they played in different eras and yeah, different times. But they both had that marvellous quality of being strong and able to hold the ball and then they could either play it off or get a shot in. And, um, yeah, so yeah, so that was um, who Keith always reminded me of. But um, the other bloke, John Doherty, he, he was so soft and he, he had all the skills, but he just didn't have that strength of character. You know, if somebody... Yeah knocked him around a bit, that was the end of him, but not true of Keith Learmont and or Max Tolson. They could both hold their own, didn't matter who they played. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I've got a feeling that um, uh, when Coromel played Granville one day and I was out there watching them, I've got a feeling that um, Keith and a bloke called Bobby McClelland, yeah. Bob was a big, fierce defender, and I'm not certain whether... I think he attacked Keith and... Um, uh, Bobby Young and a few of the blokes sort of stood up to McClelland, and I think McClelland was sent off. I don't, I don't think Keith was, but in those days the referee, <laughs> you know, the referee was. But um, yeah, so he he sort of didn't buckle down from anybody. He, he sort of he might have copped a few buildings, but he you never they never overawed him and cowed him. You know, he he stood up to everything. Oh, but um, that's about all I can tell you, except that I told you before that in my opinion, because of those qualities that he had in terms of being able to receive the ball and keep it, hold yeah. it until somebody could link up with him, um, and then he could shoot or he could pass if he had an accurate pass. And uh, so that's, um, I, I think was I think I said to you before that I think he, he would have been outstanding in South Coast United's team yeah. because he had those qualities. Oh, and, um, yeah, I, I, look, I, I uh, you shouldn't say things like this. The thing I'm going to say now... But I think if Keith had been able to play in those Kelly years, he would have been in the team. He'd have been a star in yeah. that South Coast United team. Well, he's um, only, I think he was only 27, 28 when that, he did finish That's up. right. He was, yeah, he had a lot of football left, you know. And, uh, yeah, so, but he'd, he'd played for a long time and had some, you know, a lot of games in that time. Um, but, no, that's um, about my story on Keith Learmont. On the phone line now, I have Peter Glass. Uh, Peter grew up in the northern suburbs in the, the 1940s and 50s, 
And uh, in regards to Keith Learmonth, um, he watched Keith while he was growing up. Uh, Peter, welcome to the podcast. And uh, can you tell us a bit about Keith as a player and what you saw? Uh, yes, thanks, Travis. Um, well, I was only a youngster, but um, I used to go and watch uh, Coromel Rangers um, at um, Memorial Park in Coromel. Yep. Um, I was, I was, I grew up in Bulleye and I used to watch Wanuna, but uh, I also watched Coromel and uh, they were great days. Uh, they had players like Teddy Drain, uh, Phil Peters, Bobby Bignall. Yeah. Um, there was a fellow called, I think his name was Callum. Uh, he was a left fullback. And uh, Scout Willoughby. Yeah. Um, they were a great team. Um, they even, um, when they uh, uh, formed um, Coromel United, when uh, the Federation yes. came into being uh, from the uh, old association, um, Coromel United uh, were the best team for at least by memory for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, they won the they won the league championship in their first year in 58. A lot of the other teams that were formed, they were so-called breakaway teams. They, yeah. like Prague and Panhellenic and Budapest, they all had uh, immigrant players. Uh, continent, they played the continental style, but... Mm. Uh, uh, Coromel could still give him a hiding. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 what about Keith as a player? Um, uh, he was a he was a centre forward and sometimes inside left. Uh, uh, what do you recall of watching him? Yeah, well, he he was a hard working forward and um, he could shoot. Uh, uh, he he uh, he'd put a lot of shots in yep. and. Um, he was quick, and uh, to, I mean, by memory, he used to roam all over the forward line, so okay. he didn't only stay in the centre. Sincere thanks to Barry and Peter for their thoughts. And we will leave the last word to Keith in this podcast. Here, Keith talks about missing out on selection to the 1956 Olympics. So, Keith, you were saying um, we're scanning here. Um, some of the pictures and, and other items you've got in your scrapbooks that um, there was a, a program um, for the 1956 Olympics and the football final and closing ceremony and you were um, in the squad initially um, selected as part of the Australian team. But I got a chip bone and ankle to pull out. And, and that chip bone was against... Um, Another match, or you don't no, know how you think? In a game, it was in a game. I can't recall the game, but it was in a game somewhere. <laughs> and so, um, obviously, not great to talk about, but it was a bit of a disappointment to yeah. to then not uh, be part of that uh, as an an Olympian and as an Australian footballer as well. Yeah, and had Australia picked the uh, the team from clubs like Coromel, Granville. Uh, Cessnock and Leichhardt, if yep. they picked the team solely from those four clubs, we could have easily won a bronze medal. Just because of the quality in those yes, teams? Yes, yes. 
And so they then um, picked all around Australia where the skill skill level wasn't as comparable. No, I couldn't play someone. Well, it is here where we finish episode 51. Once again, I'd like to sincerely thank Keith for the time he spent conversing with me. As always, thank you for listening and downloading this podcast. I am your host, Travis. Goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.